regards to comfort, um, it's whatever my wife's comfortable with. Yeah. So I mean, for me personally, what 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 I would be comfortable in, if I had no one, two bedroom flat. For my wife, two hundred trillion. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Cashflow Convos. Today we've got a billionaire guest who goes by the name of Adam Abraham. Um, how you doing, brother? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, brother. Very well. Wa salam, brother. So in this day and age, how, how do you make money? We want the viewers to know people want to make money. How do you make money? So I mean, I, I mean, I can only really give uh, examples on how I feel um, the right way for someone like me to make money. Uh, it's very difficult to give advice um, on making money just in case it doesn't suit the person because every person has their own way of making money. I'd say if you're great at football, then pursue football. I'd say if you're great at tennis, the same thing. If you're a chef, start a restaurant. And if you are if you believe you're a great business person, then I'd say do business that you believe will make you money. Okay, nice. And, you know, for me, I'll then go into me because I know we're talking about Adam Abraham, myself today. Yeah. Um, I love property. Um, I love import-export. I love manufacturing. I love the beauty businesses. And I love luxury. And I love trading. So nice. all of these are businesses that I'm familiar with, that I'm comfortable with, and that businesses that I know that I can make money in very easily because of the experience I have within the industries. Okay, to learn a bit more about yourself, um, tell us a bit about your childhood and like the early context of your life. So my early childhood was, um, we, we grew up quite rough. We grew up in an area called Hackney. Oh. It wasn't like the best of areas in London, probably the worst of areas in London. But I had a great upbringing because I had a very close community, family community. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not really much I like talking about my childhood because obviously it was quite rough. We had a mm. rough childhood. Um, you know, growing up in that type of area, there's always things that happen. Lots of bullies in the area, a lot of robberies. People was getting robbed all the time, you know. So I grew up in an area where you got to be careful. Like if I got out of a brand new bicycle, got to be careful if someone take it before I get home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you sort of learn to sort of um, defend yourself very quickly. Okay. Because it comes okay. that position where you know, either, either, either you know, you know, either someone takes something of yours, or you get away from it, or you become someone where people can't take anything. Yeah. So of yours at that point, you know. But, do you know like martial arts and self defense stuff like that? Yeah, so I studied um, with um, uh, Mugendo. I studied at Mugendo for many, many years. Okay. Um, I was uh, with Sensei Raf, and I studied with him from quite a young age. He was a trained champions. Um, and then I was a Paragon, John Lawson, um, and he was a champion as well. Um, and then I started to train at KO. Um, okay. And then I moved on to China. I went to China in the Shaolin Temple. Oh, I spent multiple, okay. like four years on and off in the temple. So proper, in, proper training. Proper training. I trained for so many years. When I came back to London, um, the, I, I, I was known as a martial artist from from like the age of 12 to, to around the age of 26, 27 um, years of age. Well, I was just always in the ring. The dojo was my, was my like the place for me to go where I felt at, at, at peace the most. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great to be honest with you. Um, you know, you got to move on. That's what I realized. With martial arts, it's great. Um, you can be strong for so many years and when you stop training for one or two years you sort of you you, you don't lose on how to punch and how to kick and how to wrestle with someone yeah. but then your strength is not at, at you know you know at that top level anymore because you're not focusing on that I said well I have to focus on family because I had children I had to focus on making money to support my family 
that was a priority. Even though I had money from a young age because of the businesses that I started from very young, it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was enough to complete the the dream that I had. Oh, okay, so what age did you actually go to China? So I was in China from age fifteen years of age, fifteen, I was 15 quite years young. old, um, and then I spent some quite some time there before I, you know, about four years before I moved on to Ghana and Accra. Okay. Um, we're digging for gold um, in digging Tema, gold. and then after digging for gold, um, my f- my uncle's friend who owned the the gold mine had me working there because my uncle wanted to invest within the gold mines. But even before we could invest, he hit gold, he, he, he hit the mine. And I think he got like, it, was, it wasn't a lot. I th- yeah, now I don't consider it a lot, but it's like 50 million at the time. At that time I was like, yeah. wow, 50 million is so much money. But then after the, like, now it's like, oh, it is what it is, you know. He should have hit a trillion. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, um, he hit that. Um, and then we had to move, we had to leave Ghana because it gets a bit dangerous when you when you hit like gold and stuff. Yeah, and definitely. Come. The governments want their money, etc. Yeah. Everything was sorted. It could took a couple of years. Mm. I moved on to going into India, the textiles businesses. Um, and from India, I came back to London um, where, where I started um, Harley Teeth Whitening, which was a teeth whitening clinic. Um, moving on to dentistries, moving on to treatment clinic called Harley Treatment Clinic. Moving on to um, the microbreeding clinic. Moving on to Cables UK, Brackets are Us, Money Counters for You, We Buy for Cash, Prestige Buyers. I, I end up opening so many different stores in London. Yeah. Just sort of opening stores, trying new things. The majority of the stores were successful, which was great because it just helped the income. Um, then the property business went from zero to spending, I think, about 50, 60 million pounds of my dad's money which was great for experience because yeah. my father was like, oh, you know, I've got loads of money. But it wasn't like in one go. It was every week was buying the property. It could be half a million, 300 grand, a million pound, two million pound. So just spending so much money on a weekly basis, understanding how to build up someone else's portfolio with my father. Um, and then every time I got money, I'll, I'll buy my own one within that. So, you know, if I'm buying eight for him, I'm buying one for me. Because <laughs> obviously then my, my money's building up at the same time. Yeah. But he was earning a lot more than I was. Um, and, and it just really helped having someone really knowledgeable around me to sort of guide me because I feel that my father was my biggest guidance um, mm. and because he has so much knowledge on manufacturing, import, export, my father was in China and spent 10 years in China um, and it just really helped. There's a massive benefit having someone in business around you. I don't feel people want to start a business and they have no experience. No problem. They will be successful. You know, if what I say is Allah wills. If it's written, it is, it's written. It doesn't matter. Mm. But I know that because my father, because I knew it was written for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, then, and then equally, it was written for me. And, you know, as much, you know, we can work as hard as we want. But I know that with experience, it's a lot easier. Because my father had to grind, you know, from, you know, to the, you know, when he was my age, he wasn't as successful. So mm. now my age, you know, my father would look at me and go, wow, son, you're the most successful. Yeah, but, you know at his age, I expect to be even more successful, yeah. um, you know, but that's because of him and his guidance and his, um, his love for me and w- how he trained me. Yeah, definitely. So we're here in Love Luxury, uh, beautiful shop in Knightsbridge. Uh, how, how did this start? How did you start this? So Love Luxury was just formed in COVID times when I moved on from the pawnbroker style businesses that I had um, in the East End of London. And I just really wanted to do something different. And, and I love luxury. So what are you selling? What's the main products? So here, my wife focuses on handbags in this particular branch here. Um, and we have a watch section. Wow. Um, and then we have diamonds and we have gold. So I have a channel on YouTube 
called Just Love Luxury. Okay. And it's mm-hmm. just based on people walking in, buying and selling handbags. Yeah. Uh, buying people selling watches like Rolexes, Patek, Richard Mille. Uh, people selling di- their wedding rings or like the ex, you know, if they got married, they had wedding rings before. They sold yeah. them they, 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 and, and lots of gold. You know, today somebody walks in and I purchased a large amount of of like jewellery, but it was it was in a way of gold. Okay. So it could be a Cartier, you know, something like a Bulgari piece of bracelet that was like <laughs> worth a like hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's if diamonds all over it and you know, we got deals done and I bought a lot of I bought about eight to ten pieces. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's it's great to see gold, it's great to see handbags, it's great to see watches, it's great to see diamonds. I love it all. Anything to do with uh, luxury, I love it. Hence the reason why the company's called Love Luxury, because I used to love luxury because I I I, about, I love luxury. She was like, Well love luxury is a great yeah. great brand, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, how do you like authenticate the products? So, obviously, you must get like a lot of people coming in, um, selling the products. So, how do you like make sure it's all like real and genuine? So, with diamonds, you have to study. Yeah. So, you got my wife, for example, who studied diamonds, and so did I. But with Rolexes, we both met at the Rolex course. Okay. So, with Rolexes, it's really easy for us. You know, it's movements, it's straps, it's it's boxes, it's bezel, it's understanding the the product itself. Yeah. I feel when you've held ten thousand Rolexes. And you've looked at so many. Even after you study, the main point, the main part of studying is when you're actually on the shop floor. And mm. about eight, nine years ago, when I was on the floor, um, and I got to see so many watches. Alhamdulillah, thank Allah, I've had no problems whatsoever in nine years. Yeah, yeah. As in that, nothing's got past me. If I felt an intuition of it's not right, I don't buy. I don't need the money. I don't need the money for stress. Mm. Yeah, because you get this feeling of. Now this bezel doesn't look right. The yeah. color's slightly off. The weight feels a bit weird. It's a bit sticky on the crown. Oh, you know, it, all that. This movement isn't the movement for that Sabarona on that 2021 one. And uh, you just say no. Or yeah. the story doesn't add up where there's, there's always something that, that does not match up on a not genuine watch. Yeah, so you can always like... Kind there's, of... there's always something. And the thing yeah. is, it's like spider sense. You know, like, you know, like, you know Spider-Man has senses and he yeah. gets a sense of danger. Mm-hmm. And it's with human beings. We also have those senses and it happens all the time. You know, I get those senses and so would anybody else in the industry. I think anybody who's into watches gets the, gets those same feelings. Okay. And same with the bags. The same with the bags. You know, I've, now I can spot a Hermes bag miles away, but we use Barber BB and Entropy, AI Intelligence, Sotheby's Authenticators. My wife knows, I know, everyone knows anyway, but we also use third-party companies for insurance purposes to yeah. protect the brand, protect everything. And we, Alhamdulillah, may Allah bless us. We've had no problems with that either. Yeah, yeah same with um, the gold. Same way with the diamonds, you know, you just have to be experts in the field. Okay. The same way a guy knows how to change, you know, like my wheels on a Rolls Royce. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't ask him, brother, how do you learn how to do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know he knows. Yeah, yeah. He, knows, yeah. he works for Rolls Royce. <laughs> so I'm hoping he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm working Love Luxury, it's because I know my business and I know the model and I have the right people in house to make sure that my clientele are happy. Because at the end of the day, my, my business is not just to make money, it's to make my clients happy. Yeah, definitely. So how, how do you stand out from your competitors? And we're in Knightsbridge at the moment. We've got a lot of department stores like Harrods. You've got Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Dior. How do you stand out? So we stand out because of our personalities. So alhamdulillah, social media is a massive thing. Okay. Um, and that has given us a massive head start. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're the, you know, we're the new kids on the block of luxury in regards to our competitors. Okay. So our competitors, most of them, 80, 90, probably, not, probably everyone. I think everyone has been there before us. 
in regards to being in the business. They've been 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I wasn't here 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I was even born. So, you know, <laughs> I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how could I have been the first one on the block? Alhamdulillah, I can't. Yeah. But, 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 but we've established ourselves. We've uh, put our feet in, in the market and we have become, I would say, in my heart, the most transparent in business. And I think that's because of my deen. So yeah, that, that that to me has been massive. As in, the, my religion has paid. My religion is in this business. Yeah, yeah. Allah is in this business. Yeah, yeah I'm with Allah. Allah's here with me, and that, and and that's who you. When you come into this business, you come in seeing a brother who's with the people. Mm. Yeah, I don't need your money. I'll tell you what's best for you. Yeah, and then the, I will tell you that if it's not right for you, it's a brother. It's not right for you. I've come. People come in to buy something. That's how much money you got? They've got ten grand in the bank. I said, don't buy this. They said, why, brother? I said, because. It might times are getting harder, brother. I don't need ten grand. Someone else is gonna buy that. Mm -hmm. Everything sells. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And that's the reason why I feel I stand out in this business. Because Dean, Dean yeah. the only reason why I stand out, and that to me is a trillion times better than any other business model. Like if you have Allah in your heart and you're clean and you're sincere and you have halal money for your family and everybody around you, brother, nothing can take it away from you. And whatever he's written is written anyway. And I work as hard as I can. And he then says, Adam, no problem, brother. You know, whatever he's written here, he's written. So, so as a successful person, what motivates you to carry on working every day? Um, I love working and I feel as if though I'm just at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, I feel as if though I have so much in me. And I meet a lot of people who are very successful. And they're very hard working. Okay. Um, to me, it's not just about <clears throat> like the money. It's about the challenge. It's about being the best at mm. anything that I do. Yeah. So, um, and also, I don't want to sit at home and watch Jerry Springer all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can't. I get bored at home. I'll be honest with you. As in yeah. life, I can be the world's richest, most famous, most successful person in the dunya, yeah. and I'm still going to go to work in the morning. I'm still going to want to see someone. I'm still going to want to talk to someone. I'm still going to want to be hands-on at the bottom deck, at the top deck, at the middle deck. If you know, I want to spend my time doing something, uh, regardless of what it is. Even if it's speaking to a client, you know, people speak to, oh my God, they're speaking to me and they feel like, oh my God, the, the boss is here. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, that's for me to understand. Because yeah. like that Elon, he's on a shop floor, meaning mm. he's on his shop floor. Yeah, yeah whatever he's doing his aerospace he's on the floor he on understands floor. every part of his business for a reason that's the same for any business person needs to know every single part of the business even setting up the podcast room mm, yeah. yeah having the podcast right yeah. yeah as in you know having social media team right hiring team right um you know you know the inventory team you know like finances paying everybody my job is to pay everybody that's, that's one of multiple you know you know many of my jobs is yeah. making sure everyone gets paid every single month you know they can feed their families at the same time and that to me is um that to me makes me want to get up. Like hiring people is a great mm. feeling. Giving people opportunities is a great feeling. Knowing that somebody would be, would have earned 32 grand for the rest of their life and then they're coming to work for me and 150,000 pounds. Knowing that they're worth 150,000 but even they didn't know that. That to me is like, I'm happy that this person earns that much money and the next person earns that much money and the next person earns that much money because yeah. to me it's like, wow, I knew they would be successful but even they did not know. Because I wish I had an opportunity when I was much younger, which I did, great opportunities, but no one believed in me, really. I believed in me, mm. which is completely different for now. I believe in people. Okay, so you basically enjoy what you do, basically. I love it. Yeah. I love all businesses. I don't care what the business is. It could be if, I'm, if we're, if we're, if we're going to flip a property, if we're going to open up some new new ventures, if we're looking into restaurants, if we're looking into uh, real estate, I don't care. As long as I'm working, I'm meeting people, if it's a painting, a Monet, 
you know, if it's a Picasso, if it's a Rembrandt, if it's a Banksy, yeah. I love it all. You know, if, it, if it's business, I'm in. Yeah, definitely. What was your first job then? How, how did you start? What, was, what did you do before this? Before this or my first job? So let's go back to your first job. My first job was in Micro World, Tottenham Court Road. Um, my first job was my father, actually. Yes, I was 12 years old. Um, this story I've told my wife before on my own podcast. Um, she already knew the story. It was working on opposite Camden Station, okay. Ryman's downstairs. My father has, had, a, had a stand. Mm -hmm. He used to sell hairbands for women. So it's free hairbands for a pound. My first job was to shout out, free for a pound, free for a pound. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was very embarrassed as yeah. a child because it's very difficult yeah. um, to sort of shout things out because you feel embarrassed embarrassment to be honest and that was to buy a pair of 110 or 120 pound trainers at the time he gave me a job for six weekends to earn 10 pound saturday 10 pound sunday for six weekends 120 quid um because he never had the money to buy me a pair of trainers for 100 he probably did have the money but he wanted, he wanted to train me yeah, yeah so the first job was working for him at outside the stand outside in the cold um in yeah um, um on a market stand the moral of that story was when i did get the 120 pounds um he said to me come and go buy the trainers and i said i can't do it because I said I worked so hard for this. My dad realized I've learned a lesson from that from that particular um, sort of you know that that work that he, he he got me to do in order to save that money to buy the trades I wanted, which I did not want after. And but he bought them for me anyway. And that was just the first that you know that was um that that was that was a very emotional lesson for me because mm. because when I got deeper into that one lesson. Um, it was a lot deeper than just those trainers. It was a lot deeper than just the money. It was a lot deeper than my father training me. It was very emotional. Yeah, as in I've told that story for about ten times in my whole life, and I've cried eight times saying that story. Cried, I like physically felt emotional from it because of what it made me today, how it how it molded me into the person I am today. Mm. Would you ever thought that you're gonna get to where you are today, from when you started your first job? My first actual job, I didn't think of success, mm. so I wasn't thinking about being successful. I was just happy to make the money, pay my bills. Yeah. Because I had rent to pay. Okay. So when I was working like 14, 15 years old, when I didn't want to go to school, my father said, like, you got to work. I got a job at Tottenham Court Road, which is another emotional story, which is quite a long story. Mm -hmm. um, brief it. He, you know, he got me, you know, he said to me, son, you got, you know, you're not going to school. You don't want to study. Get, you get a job. This is just before I went to China. And he got me, got, he got a CV for me. He took me to Tottenham Court Road on a Monday. Got me walk around the whole, whole, you know, to the bottom of Tottenham Court Road, that's from Oxford Street, cross at Warren Street, come back, jump in a car. He asked me if I got a job. I said, no, I haven't got a job. He said, what do you mean? Because you've been like to 100 shops, you haven't got a job. I said, no, I haven't. Tuesday morning, woke me up, same thing again. I remember in the morning, I was crying a bit. I said, dad, I don't want to go, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it took me to the same place, parked the same car. I walked down the same road, crossed the road, come back, all ran from Oxford Street, bound down to Warren, Warren Street, back again, jumped back in the car. He said, have you got a job, son? I said, dad, what are you talking about? Like, the guy just said to me, like, what are you doing here every day? The same people saw me in the morning. I was the first thing in the morning yeah. before customers come in said like what are you doing there son I said I need a job like I've got rent to pay in the month yeah. the third day my dad came to our room again like a Wednesday and he's like come let's go out again I was like I swore I, I swore for the first time I swore my dad's like I can't do this I was in tears um, I was like dad you know you got me you know it's embarrassing he parked at the same place I didn't get out of the car for I think half an hour I don't remember how long it was I was young at the time and we argued or I argued with him um, got out of the car, went to the first shop from Oxford Street, it's called Micro World. <laughs> I walked in there, I went to the first concession because it's full of concessions, every shop has concessions, meaning got different different people selling like yeah. whatever. Um, and the first guy sold TVs for cars, MP3 players and watches. 
cheap, like 200, 500 watches, MP3 players, 3, 400 quid because they were popular at the time. Mm. It's MP3s. I don't know if you guys know them. Yeah, yeah. MP3s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I spoke to the guy. The guy said, son, you came on Monday and Tuesday. What's going on? Yeah, I said, and then basically, I was a bit emotional. I said to him, I got went rent to pay. I need a job, blah, blah, blah. And the, 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 yeah, he said to me, I've never seen someone so persistent. Mm. He goes, come, start right now. Yeah, and I remember I got the job that I got the job straight away on a Wednesday morning. I went back to the car within about five minutes of walking from the car, and my dad just opened the window and said, "Have a nice day at work." He automatically knew that I already had a job, and and I knew he knew that things I didn't know because he was a lot smarter than me. Hmm. So he really knew how to train me as a as, as a young man. Um, and the first month I got my first paycheck. I think I got paid four hundred and fifty, five hundred fifty pounds, five fifty. I think it was minimum wage. Um, and he and I had to pay him rent, which was five fifty. So I said, I don't have enough money, because he gave me money for my bus, All right, my yeah. ticket. So I owed him money for those about seventy quid, and I had the five fifty for the rent. So I never had enough money paying seventy quid and the five fifty. Um, and he said, you can keep your first month just to get you going for the next month. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I gave it to my grandmother, um, like the money because of respect and stuff. Yeah. I um, mean, he was very happy with that particular move that I made, um, and that was that sort of the training that I had. I, and and success didn't really. I wasn't thinking of money and success. It wasn't in my thought process. Okay. When you're a young man, you don't. I mean, when I grew up, our thoughts. Now the 15 year olds love all oh, supercars and houses and this and that. But yeah. we never had social media. We weren't looking on social media, yeah. looking at everyone. You know, like like me on social media. People go, oh wow, this guy's got nice cars. He's got this. He's got that yeah. lifestyle. Everything's expensive. So people look at me and go, I want to be like that person. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I never had that mentor. I look at Alan Sugar and just go, wow, he's a successful businessman. Yeah. And I, I, you know, Alan Sugar wouldn't drive around a flash car. Yeah, he yeah. 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 yeah, Richard Branson didn't drive around a flash car. So my mentors were not flashy people. Yeah. My mentors were people who are just super successful, yeah. had massive bank accounts, but you, but I didn't think of their houses. I didn't think of their cars or their boats or their yachts. All I thought of was, wow, he made HMV or he made Virgin Brand. Oh, you know, like, you know, this guy, he made um, an aerial and that made 100 million. You know, so I was yeah. thinking more about the success um, as opposed to the success and using that money to have a great lifestyle. Yeah, nice. n- nowadays, it's easier to get inspired. Like if you go online, you'll see someone driving a Bugatti. You'll see someone with a big mansion. Yeah, like, it's, it's not, nowadays it's a bit different, isn't it? Hundred percent. As yeah. in the the uh, you know, it's it's different for even for us. I see people online now and go, wow, yeah. I wish I had a yacht. You know, it's yeah. only like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it obviously doesn't. Um, it doesn't suit my lifestyle. Mm. But yeah, alhamdulillah. I mean, you know, being a Muslim, I've, the thinking changed a lot since I since I since I like I came back to the Dean. I've never seen anyone uh, in London with like a supercar entourage. So, what inspired you to have a supercar supercar entourage? So I don't have a supercar entourage, like Are a luxury you, car. Yeah. yeah, luxury car. I mean, t- I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, a lot of it is for like social media marketing. Yeah. So I might use some stuff, but obviously. Like security for my family is a must, regardless. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. But and then I can spice it up. Like, I can make it look nicer. Mm. So if I'm walking around with two, or three guys that walking just like behind my wife, about ten steps behind my wife, I could just make them walk right behind her. Okay. Yeah. So instead of that, you won't know. You say, "Oh yeah, yeah," but then you see two normal guys walking behind. You won't know that they're with us. Mm. Yeah. But if they're right behind my wife, then they go, "Oh my God, look! There's a there's people walking with with thing." And the reason why I had people walking to my wife and my daughter was honestly because of social media. Okay. Because before social media, they would not get approached everywhere we go. Yeah? yeah. And now they get approached everywhere we go. Isn't I feel like I'm on edge if I go out with them. Because all I'm thinking about is honestly, would someone try to rob us? 
Mm. Like, you know, because I know I grew up in Hackney in a place where people rob you yeah, yeah, yeah. and you ain't got no money. Yeah. yeah. They're robbing you for nothing. They're robbing you for a phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you yeah, if you're gonna walk around with a hundred grand watch, two hundred grand watch, a fifty grand bag, the, um, I know now the boys are now out there robbing shops and they go with you know, you know, they're robbing people. Mm. You know, yeah. around Knightsbridge you can you got this watch crime thing, people yeah. getting robbed daily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't walk around with um you know I I don't walk around with anything whatsoever. You, know, mm. you might take my Laura Pianos off my feet. It's eight hundred quid <laughs> or nine hundred quid. You know, you know, that's the most you're getting from me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, and my wife does it now. Um, you know, before all the the fame, she'd walk around with a lot more stuff. And now because of the fame, she doesn't walk around with anything. Cause I told her, nah, put it away. Mm. You know, yeah. there's no reason to. If they do come, at least they don't get nothing. First of all, yeah. 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 Um, and second of all, it's easy for you to, you know, get out of the situation by, by you know, you can move a lot easier when you're, you know, when you prepare for things. Yeah, I feel like safety is the most important thing, especially when it comes to, you know, like um, valuable items, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, so I saw a video of you, is it with, with Yanni? I think you wrapped a few of your cars with Yanni. Yeah. Was it, which car was that? So that's my, that's a car my wife bought for me as a gift and, and kept for herself. Oh, okay. Which 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 car was it? That was G sixty three. G sixty three. Okay. Mm. So G63. so she bought. A, she wanted a G sixty three, and she thought I want. She she was like, oh, I'll buy my husband a G sixty three when I don't. I, she knows. She knows now. I don't. I hate a G sixty three. Um, and then, and then she bought it, and I was like, babe, I don't like G sixty threes. Yeah. Yeah. I said like, I like Range Rovers. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Yeah. Range Rovers are big. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like a Cullinan. But you know, like I mean, the reason why well, I still like Range Rovers is because they they're even more comfortable. Mm. Like they got like you know like like f- yeah like for me because I'm always a passenger, and I don't drive. Yeah. As in, I do drive every car, but I like being a passenger because I'm working on my phone a lot. Mm. So what I tend to do is I get someone to drive me, or get my wife to drive me. So I'm just on my phone, just like responding to. 165 WhatsApp messages while sitting <laughs> on a you know while sitting on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's just obviously that's how that's how my life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm just have to respond to messages. I'm on my emails, um, text messages on on my private um, social media channels. Mm. So for me, it's it's about relaxing. And I find a Range Rover just feels like a sofa to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I just feel like this. Like I've jumped in every car, um, you know, f- from the Rolls Royces to the Range Rovers to the Mercedes. I you know like I even the S Class at the back. I wasn't buying S Class. Just for just be chauffeured around, yeah. but I actually prefer the Range Rover passenger seat. Yeah, which is crazy because S class has got reclining, got the feet coming up. Yeah, the yeah. Maybach version is even better. Yeah, even like more, yeah, like more relaxing and stuff. But I still like the Range Rover feel. I'm very high off the ground. Yeah. I put my chair back and, and I've worked in a lot of Range Rovers um, and I just, and I felt more comfortable. But she, but she bought the G63. Um, she loves it. My daughter decided on a wrap or something like that. Um, oh, okay. And they were like, we want to get a wrap with the animizer and stuff. I said no problem. I'll, you know, I'll arrange it. Yeah. Um, nice. So, what is your favorite car then? Like favorite. Honestly, I, I, I doesn't phase me. Does it at all? Yeah. Like at all. I actually, I love all types of cars. Everything. Yeah, everything. I just don't. I don't feel. I. I don't. I don't feel like. Oh, I love that car. You know, I like look at cars. I like saying, oh, you know, that's a nice car. But like an SVJ, I've always loved the SVJ. Yeah. I jump in one. I hated it. <laughs> I'm like, it's how comfortable this car is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, first of all, in London, we've got humps, 20 miles an hour, bumps everywhere. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Like, you're yeah. like, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, me, I'm, like, if I'm working as well, 
like if someone's driving me even in my own car I'm like like me I can't do that yeah, all yeah. I need is to be relaxed if I'm driving somewhere I want to be relaxed it's comfort over that comfort over like anything yeah. so anything that that yeah I, yeah I feel like I'm hovering I'm happy with and the most yeah. comfortable seat it's decent so uh, as an entrepreneur yeah what makes you uh, a good entrepreneur and uh, slash a leader what makes a good entrepreneur what makes me a good leader I would say because I can answer that and yeah. what I believe in myself as a person um, is by knowing how to lead you know being able to stand at the front line um, and being a, being like the best that I can be but coming back if I go back like 20-30 years I've always been a leader so I grew up in an area and I was a leader in that area and I was a leader right. out of all my friends and I was a leader of everything I've ever done I've always been at number one position mm-hmm. I've never been at number two you know I went to a wedding yesterday and someone said to me oh I've seen your TikToks and you know you know like that's not really who you are like you know you know you're you're, you're really jokey on the TikToks yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. but I said we know you you're, you're strict <laughs> you're like boom yeah but I said the world has changed you got to be a bit more relaxed. Yeah. You know, things change. I've changed with the world. You know, at one point of life, I was super strict. You know, we don't have time for no one. You know, I have time for BS. None of that happens around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, but if you're in here, you're in here for a reason. If you're not in here, then unfortunately, see you later. Yeah, and when I when Dean came to me, I became a bit more relaxed. I realized that. You know, when I, when I when I found Dean, things changed for me a lot. As in, my whole life changed at 360. Because without Dean, you could do anything you want. Dean's first. Yeah. yeah. Without Dean, you could do anything you want. Like yeah. this dunya is um is like a playground. Yeah. yeah. Was there like a vital moment in your life where you kind of um that made you think and like um come like back on the Dean? That life was very uh overwhelming and it caused you a lot of anxiety. So uh, you know, I found myself. I found me and my partner, we got together um and we made a conscious decision to really focus on our on ourselves as people and after that we then started to think about the the, the religion i started trying to practice it, it was slow it was a slow slow procedure but yeah. um when we started when she started really focusing we focused together and then we went from being a type of person to being completely different together yeah. we started praying salah together every single day you know we haven't missed a salah i think in four to five years that's good, Marshall. So, you know, at the end of the day, that, that to me is massive. Mm. You know, wake up praying Fajr with your wife in the morning and your kids pray Salah with you at the same time. That is like, to me, I'm done. Yeah. Ah, success. Don't need nothing. Like, I'm yeah, done. That is success. That is done. Like, yeah. you know, that's tick, 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 tick. How much money do you need, brother? Brother, pray Fajr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As it, look, you know, plan for the Akhara at the same time. You know, my wife is massive on charity. I've done a massive, um, I've done something massive on charity recently probably the only person in the dunya that done it yeah at the end of the even there's trillionaires out there that could you know that could part of this project of mine but i i i've always wanted to be the biggest of givers so you know that's my aim so i could build a, a massive mansion in uh in paradise for myself because obviously they can have a massive one here yeah. but then when i go there i don't want to be left out yeah. you know? i want to i want to make sure that, that that i'm going in the same direction yeah, yeah. i'm living it here i want to live rules always cutting in there as well you get me <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I want to have a mansion in Akira, and yeah. I know how to. And I know how to do that. Yeah, and that's the plan of action. The plan of action is to build in both places, not mm. just build here. Building here is not a hard. It's not a hard task. Yeah, building there is not a hard task either, because yeah. now I know it's not hard because it's about learning to give, learn to be able to provide, um, build the ummah, 
be the most charitable, be loving to everyone around you. You know, even I'm loving to all my clients, all my customers, every single person I meet, yeah. as long as I'm not tired. Oh, I see. I seen you got a lot of watches as well. So, like, um, how like what's the most like expensive watch you've sold here? So it was the Le Mans for about half a million pounds. Half a million. Yeah. I mean, I, sh- I should have sold the watches that were more expensive, but most of the watches are always under half a million. So. Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the market like? It's how. It's good. Yeah. No stress. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a market, you know. Yeah. There's a down. People say, "Oh, the market's not busy right now." Alhamdulillah. You said it's not busy, or it's not busy, but it's still busy. It's not yeah. busy, but it's still happening. It's nothing, you know, yeah. it's not as busy as when it was here. Yeah. But Alhamdulillah, you know, you know, you know, I always have keep it consistent with um, trading. There's always business. Mm-hmm. People say there's no business. There's always business. Like just because you're not making ten percent, you can always make two percent, ten mm-hmm. times. There's always something going on. There's always something happening, you know. So, you know, I might not be making 50 grand on that watch today. I could be making two grand on that watch. But but I've now moved 20 of them today. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was just a balance of, all right, I haven't got the the half a million watch in, but I've got got, got 120 grand watches in. Yeah. That I'm moving. So, it doesn't, I I, I, I balance it. And I've got people that have learned to balance it where they're like, oh, we haven't got, uh, you know, many quarter of a million pounds, 200,000 pound pieces because we had so much stock that was, Two hundred thousand pound, three hundred thousand pound, two hundred thousand pound, and we mm. sold it all. Oh. And then all of a sudden, we don't have that much two hundred thousand stock anymore. Now I've got stock that's only hundred fifty grand, hundred grand. Yeah. yeah, and I've got loads of twenty thirty grand pieces, which is to me like the lower end of the watch market. Yeah. But I'm doing no problem. It doesn't matter. You know, when a, when a, when a two three hundred grand stock comes, the reason we don't have any because they keep selling. Yeah, that's a good thing. So, so alhamdulillah. So you know, we shouldn't be stressed. We got a, an RM in the other day. It came in, I think, on like the Monday and the Friday. It was gone. So you know, and we got a patek in. I think Maria had it on a Saturday. It came in the door. I didn't even see the patek. She used to ask me to transfer money to a client. I transferred the money to a client. Somebody walks in and buys the watch, and I was like, I didn't even get to see the watch. Yeah. And I had to literally, I asked the client, "Can I see the watch, please?" Exactly. The client, well, you ever seen it? I'm like, no. She just bought it. I, yeah, I saw it. And I was like, I was like, like, I saw it. I thought, wow, my wife would like this one because it's always patek. Alhamdulillah. But, so you're selling, you're selling, you're selling. Always, always. Just keep it on. Keep it going. Keep, keep it, it going. going. Keep it going. Yeah. Turn the stock around. Financially, keep money back in the pot. Buy more stock. Buy more stock, and that's how you make more profit. So, so you've got love luxury Dubai. How did that come about? Luxury um, Dubai has not opened yet. You opening that soon or? Yeah, inshallah, inshallah. I'm in process right now. Nice. So inshallah. Anywhere else around the world? America, Singapore, Malaysia. About four or five countries. So you've got shops, yeah, like units. Yeah, I'm, I mean. Um, the plan for expansion. Okay, okay. The plan for expansion, yeah. Inshallah. Nice. Um, so yeah, I've seen recently on YouTube you spent, um, I think it was a 3.5 million uh, for your daughter, was it apartment? How much would you be like, what's the most, like com- how much would you comfortable be comfortable spending? In regards to comfort, um, mm. it's whatever my wife's comfortable with. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, what, what, what I would be comfortable in, if I had no one, two bedroom flat. Two bedroom flat. Apartment. Penthouse yeah. apartment, nice, big. It'd be big, yeah. yeah it would be, it be proper, but it would be two bedrooms. Yeah. I would need a thousand bedroom house. Yeah, like exactly. I don't, I don't want to clean up. I don't want to have nine or cleaners all around my house all the yeah. time. One cleaner come in, clean my bedroom, clean the spare bedroom, and done. Or like main bedroom, walk-in wardrobe, and a spare bedroom. For my wife, two hundred trillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest mansion in the dunya. Yeah. yeah. If you know, alhamdulillah, if I had the money to buy her the biggest in the whole dunya, that's that's exactly what I'm that I'll do for her. Because yeah, it's more her, it's what she likes, what she wants, and it's her feelings. 
Yeah. So it's more considering someone's feelings. But for me, I'm I'm, I'm easy. Yeah, more of like presence. Like yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm really good. As long as I've got my space, I've got my nice space, I've got my walk, you know, you know, I got my wardrobe sorted, I've got a spare room in case someone wants to come see me. Yeah. Um if but I'm I've got family, I've got kids, so it's different. You know, yeah. now it's like okay, me and my wife's room, the kids' rooms, um, spare rooms, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you know, like just I need so much more space. Okay. So now it's minimum seven, eight bedrooms. And yeah. now it's minimum mansions. Minimum but mansions. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. So what would you advise someone with like six figures to invest into property? What would they do? It's because I'm in Knightsbridge and I, and things now so familiar with high end properties that with six figures, if you're on the nine, 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 nine figure, which yeah. now I'm going to call it because you said six figures. Mm. And I always think about the maximum of six figures, um, a million pounds, you know, you get a, a studio or one bedroom flat in this area for not, a million pounds. Not much. Yeah. It's not even worth you investing. Worth yeah. Yeah. I would just say go for hey you know go for ex locals out of the area somewhere a bit further out. See if you get some four five four five four five six hundred grand, rent out for three and a half four four five grand a month. The returns are not as good anymore. Mm. What's the minimum in here in Knightsbridge anyway? What's the minimum that you can buy like million, minimum? Yeah, minimum million. Million, and it goes up to a lot like ten twenty million. More no, than that. I saw a flat over here for like thirty five million. Thirty five million. How many it's bedrooms is that? Like five. It's small. Small, tiny. They don't have no driveway though here, Knightsbridge. Nothing at all. No garden. No, no garden. <laughs> it's the area, isn't it? <laughs> I was confused. I was like, this is because I, cause I was thinking to myself, oh, well, you know, if I want to buy something around it, let me look to see if I can buy something yeah. close, just right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a place on the next road down, but I was like, it's just something, the most expensive thing I could find in the area. Yeah. And I was like, it was not what I was, you know, what I expected for that, that much money. Yeah. Um, and I saw others for like 40 million, 50 million. And I was like, I just, I just can't see it. I just couldn't see the money in there. You know, you know, like you go in and you're like, nah, nah. I'd rather go Bishop's Avenue. Where's that here? Hampstead, near Hampstead. Like proper mansion. mansion. It, it might be 30 million, 20 million, 50 million. You know, there's some 100 million there, 50 million there. Um, but they're proper mansions, you know. Swimming proper pool, drive, Swimming pool, driveway, yeah, big gardens. You know, you know, it's a lot of space. Yeah. You know, for your money, um, twenty thousand square foot, twenty five thousand square foot, big space. Countryside, you know? yeah. more space. No, not countryside. It's the middle of London. It's oh, Hampstead. London. Yeah, yeah. Hampstead. Bishop's Avenue is the billionaire's row. That's what it's called. Yeah, okay. Decent. You got like um, uh, a lot of rich people there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of successful people. The people that that have houses, they don't live there. They usually just have a house there, and they'll okay. just. Just the status, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they even go. They can't just go there. They probably stay in a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just go there. Yeah, but they got a fifty million dollar house. It's, it's normal. But I'd, but I'd want to live there. All right. Jeez. But yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. For a entrepreneur or someone that wants to become an entrepreneur, what would be the best advice that you'd give? Study your game. Focus on your plan and your execution. Sort of work right, you know. For an entrepreneur, you have to study. It's this. It's, it's not. I I've, I found it really hard because I wanted to be an entrepreneur for so long, mm. and time has flown by, and now you know I I felt as if I was an entrepreneur, like seventeen, eighteen years ago. Mm. Um, but I don't know. You could feel it. You could be an entrepreneur by buying, selling trainers, Nike trainers these days. You know, people. Mm. The world's changed. It wasn't like back in the day. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Back in the day, we saw entrepreneurs. Uh, it's a very different way. Now, like back in the day, entrepreneurship wasn't even um, something people wanted to be. Yeah. 
It wasn't like back back in my day. It was like, what you do? I want to be an entrepreneur. Like yeah. that wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be this. I want to be the traditional. Yeah, but I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Pre the entrepreneur days, you know, yeah. people. It was a hype. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Now every every single person I meet, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my business. I want to be my own boss. I want to be my boss. Yeah, and I want to make money. I want to make money. Yeah, I said, all right, no problem. Alhamdulillah, try your best. You know, at the end of the day, now you, the competition is so much more. Yeah. yeah. There was when I was growing up. Like out of all my friends. There's two of us. I'm talking like a thousand friends. Like mm. I grew up in a big area with a lot of friends and a lot of people. Yeah. And we had big entourages. If you think my entourage is big now, my entourage will be 30 cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, deep, you know, and we used to be in all, and our supercars, you know, our supercars back in the days was E63, C63s, M5s, M3s. Yeah. We used to love it, all of us, you know, you know, you know, you know, like that was our, you know, like our cars and who we was as young people. And we have so many of us, and uh, and not everybody was entrepreneurs. Most people were working with people, families were rich, you know, family families were rich, or whatever the weather, or whatever people do for money. Everyone knows whatever they, you know, whatever there's the money, everyone's got money. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But um, and out of everyone, there's two of us who became entrepreneurs. One started restaurant chains. Um, it's not like it's not really the most successful business in the world, mm. but he's still an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's a small entrepreneur. Yeah, so make a hundred grand a year. It's you know he's better than him working for someone else, yeah. earning fifty, sixty, seventy grand a year. So would you say start small then? Hundred percent. Yeah, you don't want to lose all your money. Yeah, I lost all my money loads of times, but I was happy to lose the money. Okay. After I, I, you know, I was happy to lose it because I had income. Okay. So, but I say start small, take your time. I say find a mentor, find right. find a mentor that can guide you in exactly what you're looking to do. Because I don't recommend it for everybody. Mm. The same way I'm not going to recommend my son. To be a footballer, because he can't kick a ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but if he goes, oh, how'd you be a footballer? I'm be like, well, it ain't made for my son. I'll tell you that from now. And if he wants to be one, I tell him, just quit, 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 watch your head here before you start, because yeah. I know he can't. I know he's not gonna be a footballer. You know, so I just find it like entrepreneurship is not made for everybody. Hmm. It could be made for five percent of the population. So you could try to make it. You, you could try to make it. You know, you as a person. But how far are you gonna go? What number of entrepreneurship are you gonna be? Yeah. You know, like you know, you know, you know, out of out of uh, eight billion people, where are you? Where's Elon Musk? Yeah, number one, yeah. Or like Jeff, number yeah. one, number two. There's certain, or you know, certain one, two, three spots in the world, and there's or or you can have a thousand, or you can have one in a thousand, one in ten thousand. If you're like four billion down, yeah, to nothing. Just consider a different route. So, do you think it's like more of a mindset thing? Mindset, and you've got to be in you. Yeah. You really got to be a businessman. You can't just be, you can't pretend to yourself. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. I can't say, oh, I'm gonna be the next number one world champion and MA fighter in in the world just yeah. because I'm my mindset is right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to start training. Yeah. I got to get down and down and dirty. And being a business person is the same thing. You got to get in. You got to, you know, my cousin yesterday, he's 21 years of age and he wants to be a businessman. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm working for someone. I said, well, that's not a good start. Yeah. <laughs> I said you might want to quit yeah. yeah start a business you know and he's like oh what do you mean I said how are you going to learn a business if you work for someone he goes oh I'm going to learn their business I'm going to do it better than them yeah. I said well great that's a great mindset how do you work and he goes two years I said well that's, that's long enough now mate I said you work for three months you, you should know already yeah. what you got to do right and wrong you know it's two years is a long time because yeah. I remember when I was 17 years of age um, and I was making money even whilst in China in the temples um, and that was a massive success so for me at 21 years of age I already felt like I bought my first house at 19. So, you know, at the end of the day, and that was like a quarter of a million pounds, two, 249,000 um, pounds at 1% um, stamp duty because it was under 250. <laughs> um, 
and it was great. It was it was a great time. I sold it for half a million pounds about a year and a half later. So you know, and and, and that two fifty was all profit. I paid tax and that was it. You know, and then I already had money coming in as well at the same time, and then I reinvested in something else. Um, and I remember by twenty one, I felt very very accomplished. Um, a lot of people, like friends around me, didn't have houses. Um, living mm. in council flats was not a problem, but they weren't in the position to do what I was doing. So I felt like very accomplished from a very young age. But I was learning a lot by being from ground up, um, okay. as opposed to thinking I want to be something, but I'm not putting that effort into it. So if you're going to be an MA fighter, you want to you want to you want to fight everyone around you. Mm. You're get in a ring with every single human being. Yeah, you want to be the best. You want to be the best, like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. You know, Floyd was here the other day and we were having a conversation. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather, relaxing together, and um, he was there for a couple of hours, and we just had, had conversations. He was fighting some guy in O2 oh. a couple of days after his birthday, mm. um, and I was like, bro, like, I saw you. He goes like, it's like four, four o'clock, five o'clock. I mm. said, bro, are you not fighting at eight o'clock? <laughs> He goes, Ads. I'm like, bro, he's gonna take you an hour after it's O2. He's like, no, don't worry. I'm like, what do you mean, don't worry? You're fighting in three hours. <laughs> the O2 is like two hours away, yeah, an hour yeah. and a half traffic. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, they'll wait for me. Yeah. yeah? And after, yeah, I said, but are you not gonna warm up? Yeah. He goes, I'm gonna whoop his ass. <laughs> yeah. But that's his mindset. Yeah. yeah. yeah he knows, but he, he's mindset, but he's he's champion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's serious fighter. Yeah. yeah you know, regardless of his personality or people think about him, you know, you know, you got you'll give it to him for being the fighter he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that training with that mindset equals a success, you know. So you can be a businessman. You can look at Floyd. You can look at Mr. Alan Sugar. You can look at all the successful people in the world. That 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 training with that mindset is success. Yeah, and so I've been training my whole life. Yeah, so you got put in the blood, sweat, and tears as well. Hundred percent. And you need luck as well at the same time. You need a lot of luck. You know. Luck. Yeah. I mean, like the way I determine luck is just try a thousand things. You're bound to get lucky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what I done. You know, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I can't afford to get lucky. I can't afford to wait for luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna try it. Risk, like, risk it as many times as possible. Spread it, spread the risk. Yeah, because then I know that I failed only six times, um, or I failed six times. I'm closer to success. That was one thing for me. Is like if I keep failing, my father says this to me because I kept failing a lot. Yeah, from a very young age, I'm like, oh, I made loads of money. I keep failing now. How am I gonna become? How do I take that another level? Yeah. My father's like, well, you've only failed like four or five times. I'm like, what well, exactly? Does yeah. that mean I'm a failure? He goes, no, it just means you're getting closer to success. So just wait, and then that time's gonna come. And when you hit success, then I realize that you sort of get on that path of success because you learn how to be successful. Yeah. So it's like, oh wow, okay, now I know how to be successful because I failed so many times. Let me just continue the success route. But now it's like how far you could take success. How far down the road we can be successful. So you've got multiple businesses, yeah? Who who inspired you to become like a multiple multi-businessman? My father. Massive inspiration, yeah. So he always wanted to be, yeah? yeah, massive, massive. He wanted to be the businessman. Hmm. So he said to me, son, he's, he said something, he, he always used to call me lazy. That's the truth, yeah? He said, like, you're so lazy, you know, wake up late. I wake up at eight o'clock or seven o'clock. Yeah, I used to like, yeah for me that was early. Yeah, yeah. my favorite was like, oh, you know, he wakes up six o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. You know, he goes to work at six, seven. He works till like seven o'clock. He was on, he was grinding. Grinding, yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. also, I felt tired. So oh. I felt like a tired person mm-hmm. compared to him. And then he was just a motivation to me, massive motivation. Do you not have any other role models that you uh, look up to? In- none, none. My dad only. Okay. Yeah. Only because I love him, yeah. it's my blood, and um, he's been the most he's been the most successful person that's been close to me. I know I know people that are way more successful, like yeah. you know, like people that we both know on TV and other people. That mainstream, are, yeah, mainstream, yeah. yeah, successes. But it's because um, your father's always your role model. Yeah, I don't know. true. <laughs> I'm hoping my son. I'm hoping I'm a role model to my son. 
So you know, you know who who better than my father? To me, yeah. you know, and you know that that, that that that's that's because of love. That's because of Dean as well. At the same time, you know, mm. who better to look up to than your own dad? <laughs> yeah, you know, true. or our Prophet Prophet, yeah. great trader. You know, I look up to our Prophet. I don't care about the money he made. Mm. Yeah, I just look at him as a person, as an example, as how clean he was with the gold trading. Show it, like show it, keep it very eye in your eye, keep it very transparent. Mm-hmm. I still do the same thing today. I've done the same thing with the gold. I bought the gold. I weighed it in front of the woman. The woman said, No, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I said, Look at it. She had, mm-hmm. she, and I said, Take your glasses. She said, How do you know? I said, Because I saw you. She was squinting. She wanted to see. And she looked at it. She looked at it. And she, she trusted me. I trusted me. But I wanted her, I wanted it to, to be like our prophet. I want yeah. to do transaction like my prophet. Sunnah, yeah. And I keep that all the time. I keep it within my business model. And alhamdulillah, it was a profitable. <laughs> um, a transaction, transaction. Yeah. yeah no and pun intended she knows i had to make money yeah. yeah it's because it's business that's what business is about you make money yeah, yeah. Uh, alhamdulillah i was happy um, that i gave her the max amount possible and i was happy to have made the amount that i made so how was it how was it on social media working with your family so alhamdulillah so as you know you see my wife and my daughter yeah. on social media um and myself a lot of people ask this question i've had this a lot yeah. um you know first question is what's it like working with your wife yeah, and a lot of people that have been around me have said they could not work with their wife. Yeah, and what I say is, Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing to work with your wife. Yeah, you know, you know, the same way it's, it's the best to pay fajr with her. It's the same way to work with her. It's the same way to eat with her, and it's the same way to spend your nights with your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alhamdulillah, halal. Yeah, is she happy? Am I happy? The answer is, I know for a fact, if she was here right now, she's happier working with me than not working with me. And I'm happier working with her than not working with her. Because she has my back and I have her back. Great partnership. My daughter, our child, one of them, um, loves social media. She loves it because it's made for her. Mm-hmm. We've got other kids that are not on social media that you've never seen before, but there's others behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. You might see the one daughter and there's three kids that are standing next to her, but the camera's pointing only at one. And if, you, if, 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 if my social media team just done that, you see three other kids, but you <laughs> only just see one because that's where we pointed it at. Yeah, we pointed it with, with a child that wanted and enjoyed to be with her parents and to work alongside her parents. So you're working as a team, basically. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, a big team. Yeah, it's team because um, at the end of the day, it's fun working with your, with your family. It's fun yeah. doing things with your daughter, you know. Like, and also, these are memories for me when I get older. <laughs> yeah, instead of me having it on, um, on my own phone, which I probably will never look back at, on TikTok it's easier It's easier Yeah, yeah TikTok, so you yeah. know like It's memories for me to see We had fun together We went out together We was in, around the world We're travelling We're buying things We're doing things And it's just easy Because I can look at my own TikTok And go oh wow You know it was really nice We went out to that meal It was really nice To spend time with my family And and seeing it from A different perspective Because I'm the person But when I see it from Even my own TikTok I'm like oh wow We had loads of fun You know we have loads of fun yeah. And I have loads of fun Whilst doing it but it's actually fun watching it sometimes as well. Yeah, but watching you on TikTok, yeah, you've gone viral, man. Like, yeah, I think have you got like a million, is it a million followers? Yeah, so we got, we went viral quite quick. So we, I think we went from obviously zero, yeah. started zero, yeah. um, to about 500,000 in about two months. And then another month or two was like 200,000. We, we're doing about 100,000 a month. I think what people get attracted to is the cars that you've mm. got. People are watching the cars. That's what makes it attractive. 100%, yeah. Mm. Luxury lifestyle, cars, family. Holidays. Entertaining, uh, holidays, entertaining, yeah. trends, you know, like we're doing things together, funny things together. Yeah. It's nice. I'll be honest with you, I like working with my family. I love having fun. As in like, you know, the best, my, you know, my best friend is my wife and um, my second, third and fourth best friend are my, are, my fr- are my three kids that are 9, 10 and 11. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm with them, 
Um, you know, when my wife was in Dubai, she was, she was doing some work and I was at home. I had the free, I had the free kids because they're the ones who stay, you know, they're the younger ones. They, they you know, they, they're with me. We went out to eat, we went to Gravity, we went out like Puck. I mean, we went out to Kai, we were in Benares, we were in Michisar restaurants. Yeah. And they were just living their best life. <laughs> well, they had no cameras around us. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I took it from my phone, just us yeah. as like, like our, our family. Personal, yeah. yeah, personal yeah, thing, yeah. you know. But, um, we, were, you know, they were living their best life, you know. I'm not, I don't like talking about the, 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 you know, like the cost of the meals because of the living crisis and people going through struggles at the moment. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, I will... You I work hard for it. Yeah. I will spoil my kids. I love it, you know. <laughs> and they get anything they want at any given time, you know. But, um, as you know, within them, as long as they deserve it. Yeah. As long as they're working, they're studying, they're putting efforts into things, I'll, I'll do it for them. I don't care. Because yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so well, what's your future plans? Where are we taking Love Luxury next? What's goes? So Love Luxury is one business model. Yeah. Um, I've got multiple plans in mind. I don't really like talking about them before things have come out mm. because I don't want to like ruin the plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, or like ruin the plan by like people hearing it and then... I don't know, like you're not working out. Nuzzled um, yeah, like. massive amounts of out there. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, my wife's got a plan for Love Luxury and so have I, and we were going to fulfill that plan, but I've got another plan. Um, so if you're watching this in a year, guys, from now, <laughs> um, watch out for the next plans and watch what I'm doing then because it's completely different to what I'm doing today. Um, I've, I've done so many things already. Um, they haven't been documented. Mm. Um, you know, documentation was Love Luxury and that's when it expanded from social media presence. But before that, it would be great to document each business because this is the 14th shop, guys, or the 14th business venture that I've been involved in um, in my life. Um, and it's been one every 1.2 years so far. Mm. So even next every year we plan to do a new business. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Love Luxury Dubai. So I'm guessing that's opening soon as well. Yeah, Lux- Love Luxury Dubai is... It's not for business. Okay. Love Luxury Dubai is to get my family in Dubai. Yeah. Just so they can chill. Yeah? yeah. They work, they enjoy the business, people know us there. Love Luxury is it has become um, a household name yeah. uh, to all the children, all the parents out there, and we get a lot of um um you know, we get good feelings from people. Um yeah. and Dubai is a great place for our family. So yeah. inshallah the kids will will be able to enjoy a better quality life with sun, with beaches sun, yeah. and just in, halal in the food. environment. Halal food, which yeah. is important for us in London. Got the mosques. Hard, yeah, to uh, the mosque Azan. Yeah. I wanna hear it, you know. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, in the morning. So I wake up waking up to Azan. I wanna be in that environment, you know. I'm I wanna be in that clean, nice environment, you know. Uh, it's not for everyone. Dubai's not for everybody, yeah. you know. But you know, it's for my wife definitely, I know she loves it. It's yeah. um, it's for my children, I know they love it. Like, you know, the water parks. Yeah. What better memories yeah, yeah, exactly. than to have your kids at water parks? Because I remember I went to water park like once to Florida, wet and wild, or twice, every, you know, tw- and I still remember that as a child. Yeah. Imagine going every weekend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, my uh, my childhood was wicked. You know, that's what yeah, I want. Yeah. I want my kids to grow up and say, I had the best childhood with my father. And I want to be there with them in the water parks. I want to spoil them. I want to be there, you know, at the ski Dubai, spoiling them. I want to be at the nice restaurant, the best restaurants in the world for them to enjoy life. Yeah. I also wanted to have the reality check of London yeah, and yeah. what's going on here and the problems that how dangerous it is and but I also don't want him to be around it. Mm. So you're moving to Dubai then, not staying in London. No, I'm I mean, I'm a London boy. <laughs> so yeah. just your family and take your family to Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Take the kids there. Right. I'll I'll leave the kids there. Yeah. And with people safe safety. You're staying here, yeah, London. Yeah, me and my wife will be running around up and down the world. Me and my wife, we're not gonna be just here. I'll we gotta go around. International, international, yeah, international businesses. Yeah, so we got to be around everywhere, but mm. um, the kids can settle themselves for now until they get older. When they get older, they can travel as well with us, inshallah, if they want to do business. So, nice. Any mm. motivation for the viewers for business? 
yeah so uh, my motivation for you guys out there um is always if you have the dean which is something to me that's the biggest motivation that has helped me be the person i am today um and that's the only thing i can tell you is any conversation without our prophet or allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is no conversation whatsoever so i'm only going to be promoting uh, my dean and that's it for today so i hope you guys are successful and if you guys need any help you've got your two brothers here um you know cash flow convos they can help you with the with the convos because they're probably more knowledgeable than i am right now allah knows best um in guiding you in the right way yeah. all right uh, thank you for your time adam it's thank been you, a pleasure uh, appreciate you coming on our podcast and uh, sharing your inspirational story i appreciate all that and uh, that's it really we're just going to wrap up this podcast thank yeah. you guys for watching if you like this podcast Make sure you subscribe to our channel. We'll see you in the next one. We'll catch you in the next one.